Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire here to talk about UFC 266, also the culmination of the latest season of The Ultimate Fighter for the featherweight title. It is Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Brian T. City Ortega. Co-main event, another title fight, Valentina Shevchenko is going to murder someone. Uh, no, sorry. She's actually taking on Lucky Lauren Murphy, who... I'm going to feel like an idiot if she gets lucky somehow and, and wins the title, but yeah. I don't see that happening. Anyway, I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. We'll talk about those fights and everything else for UFC 266 from a fantasy perspective. But that's enough about me. You guys are all here from our analysts, the co-hosts, the important guys who are going to help you make all that money. It is Joe, also known as Sun Tzu, and Chris on Twitter is at Real Chris Olson. Guys, it's been it's been a hot minute. You ready for UFC 266? Why don't you go, Chris? Uh, I'm here. Am I Am I not here? Yeah, you're okay. there. I said, why don't you go first? Okay, all right. I, I was being I was... polite. It doesn't like okay, me. No. Uh, he, I Joe, Joe's got some zinger lined up he wants to save. No, me. not at all. I do not. <laughs> it threw me for a loop. Okay, uh, no, I'm, I'm ready. I think um, I, I love it. I think I'm excited for a lot of these fights. I'm excited to see Dan Hooker back. Certainly excited to see uh, Nick Diaz, if only for the uh, what the hell is going to happen factor, which is which is very high in that fight. Um, main event, I'm always I'm always good. Like I think that Alexander Volkanovsky is just one of those guys that you have to watch at this point, just because of his mastery inside the cage. Not completely discounting Ortega, but uh, you know I think uh, I like watching Volkanovsky work. But yeah. A lot of good stuff to talk about and a lot of good stuff to watch. So I'm uh, I'm ready to get it going. Spoiler alert for later: we are all not on the same page for the main event. So I, I, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with that one. Joe, how yeah, are you? yeah. So um, I, I probably I'm probably the only one of the few people that like could not give a flying f about the Diaz Lawler fight. Um, but aside from that, I am okay. I am like cautiously. Um, looking forward to this card because I'm on a mini run at DK. Had a good week last week. Had an okay week the week before, so I'm kind of on a two-week run. Um, I'd like to continue that now with the big prize pools. However, I do see a lot of optionality. Um, you know, my good friend Brett Apley corrected me and said it's not variance. So I do see a lot of optionality and different ways to go. And I felt a lot more confident about my lineup creation last week than I feel this week. 
Um, so uh, let's see what happens. Let's see if we could make it three weeks in a row. All right, let's let's just jump. Actually, before we jump into the fights, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Welcome to everybody, the loyal uh, viewers, listeners, watchers, whatever you want to call them, you guys um, on YouTube. Hit me with any comments. We'll read them throughout the show. If you're watching this on replay, make sure you subscribe to the Rotowire channel. You get the little bell whenever we go live. Or you subscribe on iTunes. It is Rotowire MMA. And actually, I should say, we're now on the Rotowire MMA YouTube channel specifically, right, Chris? Is that? That's right. Uh, Rotowire MMA. We're on Help Facebook. Us build that. We're on Twitter. Yeah. N- new thing for all you guys. Everybody, and I'm, I'm derailing us for a second already. Right, Rotowire MMA. I need everybody in here to subscribe to Rotowire MMA. Then I need you to go and I need you to send it to two friends. And then you get them to uh, subscribe. I don't care if they never watch anything. Uh, each one of you help us get three subscriptions. My goal is I want this channel, the, the old Rotowire one is with NFL. We're not going to catch them so easy. But of all the other sports, this channel needs to have the most subscribers. So challenge to you guys. Hook us up. Appreciate it. That's enough. Let's wow. talk about right. fights. Throwing down the gauntlet. That's right. Exactly. Omar Morales, 8,500 on DK, taking on Jonathan Pierce at 7,700. Line on this fight. Morales is the minus 158 favorite. The comeback on Pierce is plus 134. To me, there's a lot of good fights in this card for DFS. Could be a high-scoring night. This one, okay, sure. I'm not not too interested in it. It's weird in that my quick pick, I think Morales wins. I think he keeps it standing, and he wins the decision. Pierce is probably the better DK play because if he wins, it's takedowns and submissions. So it's one of those one of those ones where I'm picking the favorite, but the dog's the better play just for pricing and upside. But Morales is my pick. I think he keeps it standing and wins a decision on the feet. Hang on, I, I need to I want to do something specific here. So let's see, we got 13 fights in this card. So uh, Chris, you're up first. Yes. Okay, well, um, I think I know what that's about, but uh, we'll say that. I want to I, 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 I make sure Joe breaks down first the women's MMA title fight because I'm going to give him shit of to course. start this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I, well, we need his insight now more than ever on a fight like that. Um, so, so, so I, I will start this fight. I, I share your lack of enthusiasm, I think, Sean. Um, you know, uh, Omar Morales, I, I like him as sort of a, a slick kickboxer. Jonathan Pierce, didn't think much of him after he got uh, trucked by Joe Lozon. He came out against Kai Kamaka, had a more wrestling-heavy attack, did well for him. Omar Morales hasn't really been taken down that much. So he could be – he's got a high uh, takedown defense rate. He could be good on FanDuel. Uh, it should be noted that he hasn't faced a lot of committed wrestlers, but um, – I still think Pierce is as hittable as we saw in that Joe Lozon fight. I just think that Kai Kamaka wasn't really the one to do it. I think that uh, he got exposed uh, pretty quickly after after the debut there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Morales here. I think that he could be on the outside for a knockout, and Pierce could be on the outside for some wrestling points. My 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 main play of this fight, if you're gonna do it, I would say take Morales on Fanduel. But um, if you're primary DraftKings, as I know a lot of us are, I would probably just uh, skip this or maybe dog or pass it. Joe? 
Yeah. So um, I am. Uh, there's real. There's real line value in this fight, um, and the line value is on the dog, uh, Jonathan Pierce. Um, you know, he is 7.7 K and he is plus 125 now on the betting line. Um, I think he's going to probably be the most popular fighter under 8K, not named Brian Ortega. Um, you know, I definitely um, think he's going to look. I like his fighting style. I was at the Lozon fight, um, you know, fighting Joe Lozon in Boston. I mean, come on. Um, I'll give him a pass for that fight. He was pretty dejected. I, I actually saw him walk back after the fight and his mom was standing next to where I was sitting and she was trying to get his attention. And it's like, he didn't want any part of it. So I'll give him a pass for low. Yeah. I'll give him a pass for Lozon. Um, I look Morales scares me, you know, he, but he is 35 years old. Um, I actually think I bet Morales against not bet him, but used him against Giga when he fought Giga. Um, so I'm a little worried about Morales, but I think, you know, if Jonathan can get his wrestling game going, you know, get a few takedowns. Again, Morales has got pretty good takedown defense, I think up in the 80% range. But like, just if you follow the line value, plus 125 um, at 7.7K, pretty pretty much means that you've got to play him in some of your lineups. Um, you know, he's going to be pretty popular, but I'm going to pick Jonathan, Jonathan uh, Pierce. All right. Next fight up we're going to talk about is Matthew Semmelsberger versus... Um, can somebody explain this to me? I haven't actually seen a lot of the narrative, so I'm, I'm glad Joe's personal. Oh, come on. Fight. I, I, I haven't because I've had a lot of personal stuff going on. So I broke the fights down, but not my normal enough time spending. Like what camp changes and all those podcasts I listened to, I didn't get a chance to this week. But I remember going to break down this fight and going, wait, he's fighting who? This can't be right. It's yeah. Martin Sano, who is 60... Um, I don't know, cheap, 6,800. He has not fought in the UFC in four years. He's Actually, no, never mind. He hasn't fought in mixed martial arts in four years. And four years ago, he wasn't that good. So I'm going to go to Joe first for the narrative here. It's all about Semmelsberger and balancing Semmelsberger-Shevchenko. There. We'll get that out of the way. Yeah, so he is a friend of the Diaz brothers. You know, he's in their camp. He's part of their posse. He parties with them. He goes to the fat beaches in Cancun. Um, he has not won a fight since the Obama administration, um, hasn't fought, um, you know, he, people who are inside the camp, the narrative that I heard have no idea why he's the one that got picked to fight. Like he's not particularly good anywhere. Um, you know, I, if I was Maddie S I would be friggin' pissed, you know, like the UFC, is giving a favor to this guy um, for the Diaz's. And, you know, they match him up. But Maddie should fight angry. He should go in there and go for the finish. He has got – him and Val have got the two best inside the distance lines on the card. Um, I think, you know, he should be highly popular. I don't know because there's so many other better name options in that price range. But I really like him a lot here. I think, you know, GPP, Cash, I think he's going to go out and fight angry. And um, future Alaska FC champion. I love this guy, Tajik Bay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and that could be very Dude, well he made. He's getting smoked in Alaska FC. Uh, yeah, so I, um, I'm on um, I'm on Simsburger here. I think he's – I won't go – I think he's as much of a free square as Val is. I'm gonna, I know that's a pretty bold statement, but, like, that's the way I see this fight. Nope, I agree. I'm with you. Chris. 
Yeah, um, I don't have that much to add. I watched um, where's Snow's your, where's last. Your, where's your in-depth technical breakdown? What are we doing? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say that I did watch Snow's last fight in Bellator. Um, it's not good. The the his opponent. <laughs> that was that, that was Chris being. Really it's nice not guy. good. <laughs> yeah, really I, I'm. Trying One to be of the best color guys possible, in the business but, was not yeah, good. That's it. Um, <laughs> opponent got his back, really, really mauled him for round one. Opponent got so tired he could barely stand, and Sano couldn't finish, which should tell you all you really need to know. Um, he, he just sort of stalks with his hands down, but uh, doesn't really have any technique when he swings. He, he's very hittable. I mean, Semmelsberger is Semmelsberger. Yeah. Well, Semmelsberger is Semmelsberger. Um, I think we've issued this kind of warning before, but if a guy hasn't come in a couple years and we haven't seen him in a while, you always got to be aware, especially if he's like working with the PI or he's got he's got new trainers now, so you don't know what he's what he's going to look like. Um, so that's a little bit of warning there. I, I'm not going to pay too but much is attention he, is to he it. Doing that? Is he is is this the guy for that? Doesn't you know, like I well, I don't know, but I mean. It is Matthew Semmelsberger, and it is, uh, you know, 9,400 um, DK, and that's with a lot of options uh, that we have here. So, you know, it, it's kind it's kind of an odd, an odd thing. Like, uh, does is Matthew Semmelsberger warrant that? I mean, he got that quick finish over Jason Witt. I've, have we really seen enough dominance from him to warrant a 9,400? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question, at least. I think um, – you know, I'm going to have some of him, of course, because I think Sano is liable to come out here and just get plastered. He gives me um, – it's funny, he's from the DS camp. He gives me very strong uh, Chris Avila vibes, if we remember that name. That's the – when uh, they yeah. were having – I think I think McGregor Diaz 2 it was. That was they one put of him on, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, they put him on there to fight uh, the GOAT, Artem Lobov, and uh, Artem showed why he's one of the best in the world. Um but yeah, like I think that you know, <laughs> I think uh, like Semmelsberger. Well, you know, you know, I had to keep it going. But, I, can't, uh, I can't with that one. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, my pick is Semmelsberger. But you know, I I don't know what his ownership is going to be like. Maybe people won't want to pay up for him. Maybe they will because they've seen snow or lack thereof. But. Um, you know, if you wanted to fade him and, and look elsewhere up the card, I, I couldn't hate you for it. But um, there is there is that possibility for uh, big points here. So Semmelsberger is the pick, but just uh, be careful. All right, we spent way too much time on that fight. Let's talk we, about. We um, certainly did. Let's talk about Nick Maximoff at eight thousand, taking on. Uh, late replacement Cody Brundage at 7,700. That's why Maximoff should be moderately more expensive. You're saving about 500 bucks off the sticker for his late replacement. Um, Maximoff is a minus 130 favorite. Comeback on Brundage is plus 112. Fight does not go to decision minus 150. It's interesting. It's it's two grapplers, and who's the better guy? Um, it's funny. MMA, MMA Twitter. Yeah, you have to know the landscape of MA Twitter sometime to judge ownership. If you don't know, I mean, we all know who, who Brett Apley is. We don't go and talk about competitors a bunch, but we're all relatively friendly. You know, we all know each other. Um, Brett and Nick Maximoff are boys. Like, and I'm sure I have oh, not wow. looked at Brett's, I have not looked at, at Brett's content um, this week, but I, 
I assume he's high on Maximoff in this, but I'm picking Maximoff to win straight up. And if I'm picking Maximoff to win, I would assume Brett's all over Nick Maximoff. And if one of the biggest content producers in the space is all over Nick Maximoff, now I'm going, ah, bleep. How how chalky is Nick Maximoff going to be? And so you got you got a content provider we know is probably touting him high. I'm just assuming, so don't you know if, if I'm wrong. And you got line value, a goodness of the distance prop. Jeez, what are we looking at here? Um, I think Maximoff will be relatively popular. That being said, I think he wins. I think he's better. I do think he finds a submission, but there's a little bit of my worry in this fight actually. When you get two grapplers. Man, we've seen these fights end up standing, and they shouldn't. And I've seen too many times to just say go all in on this fight. So I'll be heavier on Maximoff. I think he wins. I think he wins. But I'm, I have a little bit of trepidation. I've not determined my ownership yet for this fight, but I think I might be slightly under to Maximoff here. I might be. I think I'm going to run him in my primary for the line value, and then just go underweight in GPP. I think that's my move. So um, that's my breakdown for this fight. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, um, just a fun little story about uh, Cody Brundage. He's the person who, on the Contender Series, he had William Knight in full back mount. Uh, William Knight had his hand. He couldn't move. Herb Dean told him to uh, move or he was going to stand him up, which is very funny. And he, in trying to move, he lost the position and got knocked out. So that was him on the Contender Series. Um, glad to see that he's here, even if it is late notice. I'm actually picking Brundage. Because um, I think Nick Maximoff, from what I've seen, is a pretty poor wrestler. I think he just basically tries to grab you and uh, just sort of power his way through. I, I don't like his form at all. I think Brundage is the better wrestler of the two. I think the jiu-jitsu exchanges will be interesting. But uh, I don't know. And I, and I also think, I also think uh, Maximoff is kind of hittable, from what I've seen. So it's... Uh, it's a, it's a little dicey to pick these, you know, super short notice fights. But Maximoff is going to be super chalky. I don't know that he deserves it, uh, with apologies to Brett Apley. And I think that Maximoff is the second uh, Diaz uh, compatriot on this card, right? So uh, yes. Yes, we got him We got him back to back. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, but maybe he's here because Nick Diaz is here. I don't know. Just saying. But no, uh, no, no, no. he's Matt Maximoff's a legit prize. Maybe he's on this no, no. card. Like, like maybe. He, uh, yeah, no, no, no. That's really his buddy. Yeah, yeah. He he definitely deserves a UFC spot. He's a legit talented guy. But if right, you're saying, no, I got you. You're saying that that's what he picked this on card, this card. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I get it. Um. So yeah, I think the fight's interesting, but um, just you know, the lack of wrestling that I've seen from Maximoff kind of worries me, and the. Uh, the, the fact that I've seen him get hit. So I'm going to pick Brundage here. And the fact that I'm going to be pretty underweight for what it sounds like is a, a nice bonus. So there you I go. I mean, I could I could be wrong. This is all speculation. It's kind of a weird situation. I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to shake out ownership-wise. Joe, who you got? Okay, so Maximov, first of all, is the better wrestler. He's Juco All-American um, wrestler. Um, relentless takedowns. Somebody you, just did a podcast. I, I think yeah, here, here's, here's, here's just why. Somebody did a podcast for Brett, didn't they? Yeah, here's here's the, here's what's interesting is like his film. I agree is not good, and that's that is why I wish that Brett was not like did not like grapple with this kid when he was twelve years old and he kicked Brett's ass when he was twelve years old because the film out there on him is not good. He looks tired. Um, he fought a guy fifty pounds heavier than him, which is kind of hard 
Um, you know, yeah, so exactly. I, um, yeah, yeah. you know, he is a relentless takedown artist, um, 23 years old, um, you know, improving like he has stated that, yes, his striking is not the best, but it's better than a lot of people think. He has been working striking with the Diaz brothers. Maybe we'll see a Stockton slap. Um, I like Maximoff here. Look, I, um, you know, Brett was very honest in his breakdown of the fight, but um, I didn't realize there was line value. Um, I, I have to check the odds. Um, what are the odds on this, Sean, on this fight? Uh, Maximov is minus 140. At, at 8K. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's a little bit of line value. So, look, I'm going to use them. I'm going to sprinkle them in. I'm also going to throw a few uh, Cody lineups in there. You know, fighting at elevation. Um, he's got a good camp. Um, I would. I think he was – check me if I'm wrong, but I think he was training for a fight. So, you know, the short notice, I'm not as concerned. And given he trains at elevation, his cardio should be okay. I'm really curious to see how this guy looks in the UFC, Maximov. So, look, I'm going to have both sides of this fight, but I'm going to pick Maximov as the winner. One thing I, I will say, um, and, and this uh, doesn't have to apply here, but I'll just I'll just state for the record that we've seen credentialed wrestlers uh, not look good in MMA context. Agreed. 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 But we've never seen that. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, moving, moving on without any rebuttal from you, it's Talia Santos at 7,800. Uh, no, sorry. I read, I read the wrong one. I skipped a fight. Back up. It's Jalen Turner at 7,800. Talia Santos is a big favorite. We'll get to that next. Turner, 7,800. Uros Medic is 8,400. Line on this fight. Medic is minus 120. Come back on Turner, plus 102. Fight does not go to decision, minus 180. Joe, we got a couple takedown, I mean, a couple knockout artists. Uh, finish prop seems like a good GPP fight. To me, it's about Medic because he's just a more varied striker. Um, that's really it. I mean, both guys, he looks like the real deal. I don't. I think Turner's actually a little undervalued. I think he's getting better and improving. I think it's a bad matchup for Jalen Turner. So give me Euros Medic. Who, do you, who are you on? Is it is it me or is it Chris? Uh, it's you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even okay. Every fight, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I I think this is a great fight to target simply because I don't know who's going to win. Um, I will give out a bat at the end of this. Um, one of the first leg of my bat is the under uh, two and a half um, rounds minus one forty, which I think is a steal, and and I'm not sure how I even got that line. Um. Because I, I don't think either one of these guys has got a history of going deep into the second round. Um, never mind the third. So um, I guess, look, Turner has has got more UFC experience, but everybody he's won against has essentially been Special Olympians, um, as opposed to um, you know like real UFC fighters. Um, you know, Medich is going to bum rush this guy. I like you know. Look, you can bash on Alaska FC. Um, but he did the right thing. He is training now at Kings with, uh, you know, uh, Benil Dariush. I think he might be, even be a main training partner of Benil Dariush, you know, uh, Master Cadero. Um, you know, he's done the right thing. He's moved from uh, Anchorage, Alaska, by way of Serbia, to Orange County, to train at Kings. I like that. I think that's a real positive camp change. Um, if they can hone in his aggression. Um, or, you know, maybe he just goes out and bum rushes and these guys like 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 Rams just meet in the middle. Um, I'm not going to be too heavy on either side, but I'm going to, I'm going to bank on violence. I'm going to have exposure to this fight because I think it could potentially have a relatively high score. Um, and it's not a fight that's by any way marquee. 
So I'd say, you know, have some weight to each side. Um, but I'm going to pick, I guess, Medich for the win. But I'm really looking at this as more of a violence type of fight. Chris, who you got? So I would agree with that last part. And for that reason, I would say, I mean, I would be very heavy on this fight. Because I, I, I think, uh, like, literally two of the, their fights combined have gone to the cards. I think Medich has never gone to decision and uh, uh, Turner has never gone to decision in a win and only twice in a loss. So I think this fight uh, finishes inside the distance. I think, I mean, you can find this fight and I, and if you go uh, on rotowire.com to find my bets for this week, plug, plug. Um, I think I, I saw it at William Hill for less than minus 200, minus 187. So for me, that's really good inside the distance for two guys who finish inside the distance. As far as, um, the pick goes, I'm picking Turner, a couple reasons. One is a six-inch reach advantage, which um, I think is, is going to play pretty heavy here. The other thing is, is I've never seen Medich face somebody who is going to hit him back and not just wilt when uh, when he brushes after them. Uh, certainly, Alon Cruz didn't have anything for him. In fact, I think he actually shut out Alon Cruz. I don't think Alon Cruz landed a significant strike. Um, and Jalen Turner is going to stay in there. We saw him stay in there uh, with, um, oh, uh, uh, who did Jalen Turner fight in his debut? Knocked him out. Veteran. Uh, hang on, I got to pull it up. I don't remember. Knocked out, knocked out Tyron Vicente Luque. Just, Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque. That's right. And um, Luque knocked him out at the end of the round, but he was hanging in there for most of that fight. Um, I think it's going to be that, really. That is how Luke fights, though. Luke makes anybody look good. Yeah, Luke, you're right. <laughs> it's time to go to war. I love Luke. Sure, but uh, I just, I just don't think that uh, Medich has has really faced any resistance like the kind he's going to face now. And I want to see what happens when uh, he has to take a big shot back. What's going to happen? Is he going to fold? Is is he going to is he going to weather it? How's he going to look? I think he's been out of the first round once. So that's interesting if the fight gets extended in some way. Again, I would have pretty much um, like 100% exposure to this because I think it finishes inside the distance. But um, I think I, I think Turner Turner is the guy here. He's a prospect I liked ever since he came in. Hasn't always gone his way, but um, and as Joe said, hasn't fought this, hasn't beaten I should say the uh, many good fighters. But um, yeah, I think I think Medich needs this test and. I'm going to see if he can pass it. So uh, my pick is turn. All right. Next fight. Yep. Oh, I just lost the page. There we go. And now it's uh, Talia Talia. I think, I think it's it's Talia, right? Talia. Talia. Talia Santos, uh, 9,300. Talia. Taking on, talking, taking on Roxanne Matafari at 6,900. Line on this fight. Talia. Talia's minus 405. Roxy's plus 320. I know we like to hate on Roxy. I have a few things to point out here. Uh, Talia here Santos. Jesus. Talia Santos is a minus 400 favorite. Talia Santos has lost to Mar Romero Barella. You can tell me, Roxanne well, Matafari. Well, that was before Barella self-destructed, in all fairness. Yeah, fair. But, I mean, still. Like, you could, she lost that fight, and she was submitted in that fight. If I remember right, she got armbarred. You tell me, Roxy can't find an armbar. You tell me, Talia Santos, who you know was in you know one fight, but you know 
Molly McCann. I don't know. I, I'm just not incredibly impressed. I just paying 9,300 for Talia Santos when you have Matthew Semmelsberger take on um, a high school science teacher and, and Valentina Shevchenko taking on literally, I'm not, you know, somebody with, you know, I'm not going to go there with a rough pass and it's fortunate to be there because the division is cleaned out. I'm going to pay for Talia Santos. No way. I'm with Will. I'm taking Roxy for the win because there is just stupid odds value here. I think, look, if they end up on the ground, I don't think Talia Santos is is she that good to keep this standing for three rounds? At some point, she's going to shoot an instinctive takedown. And on the ground, Roxy's legit. It's what Roxy loves to do is BJJ. Talia will be more physical. She's a deserved favorite. I'm not going to say that. But minus 400 is somebody is on. I don't get it. Don't, don't get it. So I'll take Roxy. She's a really good cash game play, I think. Chris, who you got? So um, I get it. I think uh... – Santos is a deserving big favorite here. I I, I love her. Minus uh, four hundred though. Yeah, I I you know what you know what it is. Um, Roxy, if she can't get takedown, she doesn't win fights. That's basically how it goes. And I I don't see her like she's been doing strength training. They always bring that up. I don't see her being able to out physical pretty much any fighter in this division. I remember in the Jennifer Maya fight. I think people a lot of people liked her in that Maya fight, but Maya. She could not get Maya to the floor. Maya just pieced her up. And if she can't get Talia Santos to the floor, it's just not going to be good. Her janky striking, her janky boxing is not going to is not gonna last her very long. And I think that, look, when, when we've seen her put on her back, you know, it's not like she's a dynamo um, from bottom position. Uh, that's not really where she does her best work. So I really think that it's, it's got to be really specific context where uh, – Roxy wins this fight. Like, if she could try to push her up against the cage and, and get takedowns, but, like, she's really going to have to keep this close, um, like, really a sloppy fight for three rounds. And she could do that. But I just think Santos has way too many advantages here. Roxy needs needs a really specific fight to win, and, and I just don't think she gets it. So um, my pick is Santos. I think she could um, – do some bad things to Roxy here. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see it. Um, you know, if, if you love, if you like that dog play, uh, go for it. Obviously, I'm never going to talk anybody out of a dog play, but I, I just don't see it in this case. So um, my my pick is Santos, and maybe maybe Joe will uh, back you up here. Well, I'm not. I mean, I yeah, I did take Roxy straight up, Joe. I, I, pick aside, is this price reasonable to you? Well, I mean, no, no. I mean, and here's the thing. I really, really want to believe Sean because I have far more rocks. Like I've only built 12 lineups and I have far more Roxy than I'm actually comfortable with because 6.9K opens up a world of possibilities. Now, I am very concerned. Like I love Roxy. She is one of the most unathletic fighters in the uh, UFC I'm coming off of a torn meniscus, which is why she canceled this fight prior. Um, great jujitsu. Um, does she have one more surprise in her? She is the queen of, of dog plays, right? So I am going to have some exposure to Roxy. I am going to be very, very underweight to Talia Santos. Like I, There's just too much else I like. And for that reason, she might be a good punt. But I'm not going to have a lot of her. However, I've got to actually pick 
Santos, I got to side with Chris here. I mean, I I want, though, Sean, I want you to be right. Let me just put that on the table. I know it sounds like I'm, I'm hedging, but I want you to be right. I want you to be right because I will be very happy. I just – I'm having a hard time. Like, if, it, if she wasn't 39 years old and coming off a torn meniscus, I'd feel a lot better. I mean, she always wear, wears, like, pads during the best of times. I'm really curious to see, you know, how many pads she goes into the ring with. Um, you know, at this point. So, you know, I just think athletic, speed, power. I think Santos has got an edge. Roxy has got smarts, good fight IQ. Does she have enough for one more? I hope she does. I don't think she does, but I've got far more Roxy than I'm comfortable with. So I really want Sean to be right here. I'm all about it. I love it. All right, next fight up. We're going to go with Chris Dawkins, 8,800. Take it on Shamil Abdurakimov at 7,400. Uh, line on this fight, Dawkins is minus 205, Shamil plus 170. I'm all about Dawkins. I think Dawkins is the real deal. He's kind of swayed me a little bit, especially in this fight. I think his movement, fast hands will do him wonders. And I've always been on the side that Shamil Abdurakimov is kind of a fraud. And just heavyweight's kind of shallow. It just, it just is. Um, so I think Dawkins wins this fight. How much of him do I play in this spot? I don't know because Abdurakimov has the tendency to just suck the scoring out of fight. So I like Dawkins, but I don't know if I'm going to be, even for a heavyweight fight, I'm going to be in love with the scoring potential here. Uh, who's for, I think Joe, you're first for this one. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys had heard, I know Sean, you said you've been kind of off of social media, so you didn't, you don't get all the narrative, but like, um, you know, Shamil has not fought in two years, you know, has withdrawn from, from five fights um, he has essentially handed over his endorsement deal to Carl Roberson, um, who also has withdrawn from quite a few fights. And the endorsement deal that they that he had was with the Catholic Church. So uh, Roberson is now the new poster child um, for the rhythm Seriously? method. For the rhythm method, Wait. because he's so he's so good at pulling out um, that oh, he is oh, now the he is joke. now the poster boy for. The rhythm method, and he is going to be uh, sponsored by the Catholic Church. Um, yeah. So anyway, forty years old. Uh, Address pull, your letters to Joe. <laughs> forty years old. Pulled out of five. Pulled out of five fights in the last two years. Um, look, if this was vintage Shamil, I would give him a chance here. I mean, I think he could grapple f, um, you know, Dawkins a bit. Um, Dawkins at heavyweight. You know, somebody said it last night. You know. Speed really kills at heavyweight. And I think Dawkins is going to have such a speed advantage here. Um, I think, you know, Shamil's only chance is to wrestle. I mean, look, this is a guy that was beating Derek Lewis. I mean, not too long ago was beating Derek Lewis until he wasn't. Um, beat Martin Tabura. I mean, talk about, you know, fighting better competition. It's just, you know, what are you going to get here? Um, a guy who's 40 years old and has lost, you know, and pulled out of his last five fights. Um I'm going to, just in case some of that old Shamil is there, I'll have a few lineups with him, but I'm going to pick Dawkins to win. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I, um, I'm i picking Dawkins too. What I would say is that um, what you have to consider about Dawkins now is that every fight he fights from now on is going to be the hardest fight of his life. Like this is going to be, whatever you think about Abdurakamov now, He's unquestionably his toughest opponent. As much as I love uh, uh, Alexio Linick, that was not a good 
a style matchup for him. And look, Joe said it. Um, the fast hands and, and power have has just been a killer for Dawkins right now. I actually think Shamil moves pretty well for a bigger heavyweight. He's not um, the lumbering guy you might think of at heavyweight, but his wrestling is bad. Uh, 24% takedown accuracy, I think. Even in even in the fight uh, against uh, Tibera, where he looked really good, he, he was 0 for 3 on his takedown. So um, I, I just think that the hands of, of Dawkins are going to be too much again, especially a guy like uh, Shamil who likes to get in there and throw big wild shots in the pocket. I just think it's it's not gonna let it's not gonna go too well for him. As Joe said, two years off, forty years old now, everything all in. Um I think you should have some Shlamil. Sh- 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 just because Shlamil or Shlamil. Sh- sh- I like it, yeah. Um just because again, like Eventually, Chris Dawkins is going to hit a stumbling block here. He's he's not all all he does is boxing is quick, which can get you very far at heavyweight. But eventually, it's going to run into a stumbling block. I don't think it's here. If you do, then uh, then I would advise to go for it. But I think Dawkins gets his uh, fourth uh, stoppage by strikes in four uh, fights. So I'm this just in. Chris says, if you think a fighter's going to lose, play the other guy. Yeah, this is why this is this is why we're here. Some hard hitting commentary. I I am here to dish out the pearls of wisdom. Well, dish out some pearls of wisdom. Actually, this would be a good one for Joe, who can take us all through the New Zealand and German passport systems. As Dan Hunter's eighty seven hundred taking on Najrat Hackparast. At 7,500, line of the fight, Hooker's minus 140. Najrat is plus 120. Both guys, visa issues. Both guys got here. Both guys made weight, um, made championship weight, by the way. Um, so professionals there, I will say, I know Hooker's been up against some top competition and has fallen short. I think he's still very, very good. And I've always been down on Najrat hack press. I've cleaned up when Drew Dover knocked him out. I think Dan Hooker is going to knock him out too. I like Dan Hooker in the spot. I'm not in the Najrat cha- train. Guys, yes, he looks like Kelvin Gastelum. Ooh, okay, I'm done with it. He is who he is. He's an okay UFC fighter. I think Dan Hooker tunes this guy up. And I honestly think the fact that he looks like Kelvin has got this line where it is. Like, I, I think Hooker should be closer to minus 200. Like, I like Hooker quite a bit in the spot. Not that Najrat can't win and Hooker's taking a lot of damage. I get it. And it's an MMA fight. Sure. I just think Skill-wise, I'm, I'm missing something here. I love I love the line on Dan Hooker. Um, this one is Chris. Yeah, I, well, we uh, we hit the exacto here, Sean, because not only do I agree that Dan Hooker wins, I agree that Dan Hooker probably knocks him out. I, I just think that um, – Oh, no. Everybody everybody, me and Chris agree. Go bet. Yeah. Go, go, <laughs> go bet Najrat by <laughs> to win the first 60 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well – no, I mean, I just think that, like, Nazrat is so – I mean, there's there's a reason he gets knocked out by Drew Dober, and it's because he he just puts him – throws himself into these fire fights that get him uh, dinged up. Like, he was getting dinged up by Rafa Garcia in the first round of that fight just because he swings so wildly, and uh, it's like he doesn't expect his opponent to have anything to come back with, and, and when they do, he's almost, like, surprised. And we've seen Dan Hooker is, is an excellent counter puncher knocked out Gilbert Burns uh, with a counter shot. So 
obviously a really good counterpuncher. Nasrat, as a, as a boxer who wants to throw his hand, stands really heavy on that lead leg. Dan Hooker has excellent leg kicks. That Those are going to play a factor as well. This is just going to be a tough fight for Nasrat, I think. I, I, I don't see... Um, I don't see Hooker as chinny at all. I think that, you know, uh, you drop Michael Chandler in the lightweight division, he, he immediately becomes the hardest hitter in that division. So I don't think that that's anything to worry about. I just, I like this fight a lot. I just think Hooker is the way more technical fighter here. And if Nazrat wants to wrestle, he can try it, but he's not, you know, he's not like a committed wrestler. And Hooker's had pretty good takedown defense against most people. So. I'm with Sean. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking for the angle for Nazrat here, and I don't see it. I, um, other than you know the mythical uh, puncher's chance, but maybe not so mythical. But uh, you know what I mean. That's right. Good but, luck uh, taking yeah. the hooker down. Good luck getting the hooker down unless yeah. you pay him. Joe, over to you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we we it looks like we have a trifecta here. Um, uh, so in terms of the visa issues, it, it's a wash. Um, where it's not a wash is. Talent? Uh, I, well, I have heard. Well, again, yes. I wasn't an expert in 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 which of these fighters, if if either, have traditionally had issues cutting weight, and I was told it was Haparest. So, like, if anyone was going to have an issue with a tougher weight cut, and look, every, I believe everybody made weight, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe I everybody so. made weight. So, so everybody made weight tomorrow, right? But if one was going to have an issue, it was going to be Hasparas. Um, Look, I still think Hooker. Look, he was flash KO'd by by Chandler, who hits pretty freaking hard. Um, you know, other than that, you know, the one blip was like he took a life almost like it would be, would have been a life changing beating for a lot of people. Um, what Edson Barbosa did to him, but other than that, he's been pretty solid. And I think uh, Haparast was exposed when you know he he went up against Drew Dober, um, who was a really technical and and has fast hands. Uh, striker, and I think you know, I think that uh, Hooker is pretty technical, and he's a better striker. Maybe he doesn't have as much power all in, but I think he will be able to box up uh, Hasper. And also, I think he could take him down. I think he could actually employ deploy some wrestling and actually get him to the ground. Like you know, I would not be surprised if that happens. So it's going to be a trifecta here. I like Hooker. I don't know, given his price point, how super viable he is. Um, for DraftKings, but I do like him, and I will pick him to win. So what I'm hearing is you like Hooker, but too expensive. Um, not, not necessarily well, like, too expensive, just maybe better options. It was the sex for money joke, Joe. It was. Uh, I, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, did, I totally missed it. Very good, Chris. You know, Very good, Chris. Missing, I appreciate I, it. I would not have guessed Joe. No. Nope. By the good way, job, if you guys, guys in chat aren't dying on that one, even he, uh, yeah. good one. Very good. All Very right. good. We had the lead-in fight to the main card: Marab Divalishvili, eighty-nine hundred, taking on Magic Marlon Marais at seventy-three hundred. Um, Marab is. Minus 240. Marlins plus 200. Look, everybody knows this fight. Marab's going to shoot takedowns. Marlins going to try and knock him out. By the way, from here on out, that's aside from a couple fights. I think there's what there's five fights left. I think this one and then three of the fight next five, we're going to be saying the same thing. One guy's going to try and find a knockout. One, he's going to look for it for takedown. <laughs> like that's like we're, we're going to be saying that a bunch here. Um, yeah. 
in this fight, Marlon's dangerous. I don't like relying on knockout power. Although we're going to talk about that more later. Um, there's 135. I've always thought Marlon was not a fraud, but had a couple good performances, flash KOs that didn't really demonstrate how good, you know, the level I think he's really at. I think he's had some good performances, props to him. I think he's a little bit overvalued in the space. And I think Marab is a real contender, obviously tough stylistic matchup, and he's fantasy gold. I do think Marab wins. I do think he probably scores well. Um, I'm going to hedge a little bit on Marab because Marab, has eaten some shots and Marlon has shown he can put people down. He's done it. So I don't think Marab's a slam dunk, but he is one of my favorite plays on the card. Um, I was going to mention one more thing. Yeah. I just, it's, it's a weird, weird spot. So it's also, as much as we want to play Marab, you remember you got, we got to balance Semmelsberger and we got to balance Shevchenko and we got all these other pay up options that people want to play. Like, you know, Curtis Blades, we haven't talked about. I know people are going to want to play him. Volkanovsky's a little, you know, is, is, is cheaper than Marab. It's interesting in that you might be able to actually get, for the first time, I think, since he's fought in the UFC, you might be able to get leverage on Marab if you go hard here. I don't think he's going to be 60% owned. Like, he's been pretty no. much all of his other fights. No way. Here. No so, way. it's an interesting spot, but I'm kind of with the field. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know... L- lay my head somewhere else um we'll, we'll get to that two other spots i don't i don't love Marab because of shevchenko and semelsberger so i do think he wins it just it's an interesting spot so you have all these favorites my advice would be this is how i approach dfs to go just a little tangent here pick three of these guys don't don't spread yourself too thin play a little of all of them but don't just vanilla cupcake it out and play like 20% of each of the, your big five favorites. No, you need to p- take, take a stand. You like Semmelsberger, play 60, 70% Semmelsberger. You like Shevchenko, play 60, 70% there. And I think as you do that, Marab just naturally goes down how much you can fit. So unless you put him up in that core and then you better be ready and hope Shevchenko doesn't pay off or Semmelsberger, you have to make these kind of decisions. So, and that's what DFS is um, for what it's worth. I value Shevchenko and Semmelsberger both higher than Marab, but Marab would be number three on my list. He would be ahead of Curtis Blades, which we can talk about later. So just DFS advice there. Um, This is an even number fight. So Chris, I mean, Joe, Joe, you're up. Yes. So um, I, (laughs) I said this before, but I think Marias made a huge mistake you know, leaving his camp in New Jersey. Um, and now he trains at some place called the Armory in Florida, um, which <laughs> I'm not sure who his training partners are, um, but definitely he does not have the tutelage of Mark Henry anymore. Um, I, look, he has fought the best of the best. I mean, you know, I'll never forget that kind of head kick knockout of Jimmy Rivera. Um, you know, at his best, he should be, he should be able to be Marab. Now he's 33. I mean, they're actually like just slightly more than, you know, only two years apart, right? Um, in age. So it's not that big of an age range. So like, you can't say Marais is an old man, like maybe he's got a little bit more mileage on him, but um, like, I really, you know, I really think that he did himself and his career a disservice by moving from New Jersey to Florida. And that's, look, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not saying that because I live in New Jersey and think it's so great. Um, obviously, you know, if you can save 9% on income tax, you know, why he, not? 
if he would have went to ATT, this is a yeah, and, and apparently, apparently he was there for a hot minute, but like did not really, you know, he kind of now does his own thing and trains at this place called the Armory, I believe, um, is where his he's, training he's is. He's the kind of guy who strikes me. Maybe I'm wrong. He's the kind of guy who strikes me. If he's not the best guy in the room, he's he's kind of a d bag. It could Maybe be. I'm it could be. But you know, like I am um, surprised that like no one is picking him. Like literally, no one is picking him because I looked at him and I'm like, hmm, you know, like yes, you know, Marab is DraftKings gold, right? He's a, a relentless chain wrestler, but he's not a finisher, right? We know that, and we saw that. You know, look, I'm not saying that like Marias fights the same way that Dotson does. There's no way he could fight that way because he's had cardio issues in the past. But like, is it inconceivable that you know he could maybe catch? Marab with something in the in the first round or maybe the first seven minutes before his cardio goes. Um, you know, I don't think so. I'll have a couple of lineups with um, you know, Marais, but like I guess, I mean, you know, and I hate the second, I hate to have doubts because initially I looked at this and I'm like, hmm, this could be an interesting fight. He's really attractively priced. But I'm gonna, I guess, go with toe the company line and go with Marab here. You know, chain wrestler, DraftKings Gold. Um, you know, he's likely going to be highly owned, but to Sean's point, there's no way on this slate he's going to be owned, you know, at the 60% he normally is. He will not be the highest owned fighter. Um, you know, there are others that are going to fill that role. So I guess in a long roundabout way, I'll take Marab, but I'm going to have a few shares of Marlon in case the old Marlon shows up. Chris, who you got? Well, I think Joe said it when he talked about the cardio. I, I really think Henry Cejudo kind of kind of broke him. And, and I think the way that we know that for sure is you look at that Rob Font fight and Marlon Rice is the one scoring three takedowns in the first two minutes. That's not how he fights. Um, he went out and got himself tired. Look, I think that Marlon Rice is a dangerous one-round fighter. He's very quick. He's very powerful. So I think the best way to play this fight is just, you know, bet Marlon in the first round and then do whatever you want to do after that. And, uh, because I think if, if Marlon wins, that's where it's going to be. There's, I don't think there's any way that he can uh, he can beat him outside of the first round. And I, and I think a finish could happen here late because I, if uh, Marab does get his chain wrestling working, we're going to get a severely depleted uh, Marlon Marais by the end of round two, the start of round three. So I, I really think this could be a good spot for Marab if we get like, I don't know, six takedowns, the control time, and then a late finish. You know, something to that effect. I, uh, I really think that could that could score well. That's kind of the way I'm banking on the fight to go. Um, I, I I haven't really seen, uh, happy to be proven wrong, but I haven't really seen Marab rocked or uh, hurt, really. I think, um, I remember um, no, um, but he's, he's eating Frankie Sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he has, but I think I think part of that good cardio is translates to a good chin. I just I haven't really seen him rock, or at least to my memory. And I think that Marais is just too, you know, like I said, first round, and um, you know, for the price, if you if you want to bank on that, because if he comes in, you know, he's really going to come in. Um, if it has to be first round, but I think I think the. Um, the, the more likely play and the one that could pay off better in the end is uh, Marab for the reasons mentioned. So that's the pick. All right. Next fight up. 
we are on to the main card. So I'm supposed to give another plug here to Rotowire. Rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all the premium content. No credit card required. But more importantly, go subscribe on YouTube to Rotowire MMA. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Rotowire MMA. It's main card time. Jessica Andraj, 9,000. Taking on Cynthia Calvillo at 7,200. Um, line on this fight. Andrade minus 260, Calvillo plus 215, Calvillo another Diaz, California disciple, I, I will say. Obviously belongs in the top 10 of her division. Uh, big test here against Andrade. Now, Calvillo's going to need this fight on the ground. Does she get it there? This is another one that probably not. But if she does, I do think she's good enough to submit Jessica Andrade. I, I, I picked Andrade. I stay by the pick. But I really think if Calvillo get it, can find a takedown, weather an early storm, like Andrade is approaching the back end of her career. She just is. And Calvillo's, I think, is improving. I do think Andrade is better, more power. But there's something just tells me Calvillo could wear on her. So the pick is Andrade, but I think Calvillo is a really sneaky potential GPP winning play. So I'm going to be probably over to Calvillo despite taking Andrade. Um Chris, you're first for this fight. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Andrade probably gets this. And the reason why, I mean, I, I, I agree that, you know, we, we know how deadly Calvillo's jiu-jitsu can be. The problem with that is that it's not even for me if she if she can do it. We've seen her fall in love with her boxing and not wrestle and forget that she, she has to get to the ground until two or three minutes Oh, go ahead, Sean. I, I, like I, I, I don't think she's going to do that here because Andrade is going to – it's going to be one of those – she might for the first 30 seconds, and Andrade is going to land something. She's going to go, oh, shit, that's right. Like, I don't think – I don't. Yeah, think, no, that could I be. I don't think yeah. power I – mean, the fight, she's falling in love with her, her striking. Like, it, it, there wasn't power. She was losing the exchange, but there was no power to make her change her mind. Um, Andrade will change her mind. She'll change her game plan quick. Which will no, be that, that's, no, that's that's totally fair. Uh, the other thing I would say is uh, I don't think that Andrade, like her getting muscled around by Valentina was kind of surprising. I don't think it would just going to translate to the rest of the division. So I don't think that creates a scenario where it's like, oh, she can just be sort of out-muscled. I, I think that for, for most of the division, she's still going to be the stronger fighter in there. I think that holds true here. I... um. I, I I think if she gets to the ground, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we haven't seen Andrade be real be put in bad positions. We saw a little bit with Rose Namajunas when she uh, kept kept the, that Kimura in there, but other than that, and we saw how that turned out. So hopefully Calvillo doesn't go that route necessarily. Um, there's definitely a path for Calvillo. I don't see it personally. I think that um, the, I think the most likely way this happens is that. She is going to get rocked. She's going to try for those t- that takedown. She's going to fail, and then uh, the fight's going to end from there. So my pick is Andrade. I think if people are off of her now because, A, there's a lot of people here to choose from, and, B, we saw her just get you know slapped around by Valentina, that'll be great for me. Um, 9000 is a good price. I'm going to, I'm going to be going there. Uh, frequent, I'm going to – frequent her in my lineups and uh, 
I think she's a nice nice play for some points. So I'm going uh, going with Andrade. Yeah, who you got? Okay, so I really would like there to be a chance for Cynthia Calvillo. However, I was so turned off by her bad performance against against uh, Chukagian, who Andrade just like you know blitzkrieged. Um, I thought she had a it was bad fight IQ. I don't know if she if it if she, she did that on her own, if it was a function of her camp. I can't believe her camp would have told her to fight that way against Chukagian. Um, I don't believe she has the advantage on the ground that Sean might think she has. Um, Andrade is a black belt. Yes, she looked bad against uh, Val. Everybody tends to look bad against Val. I don't think she's a fish out of water on the ground. And I also think that Calvillo is not going to be able to stand up to the pressure of Andrade. I get everybody's bigger than Andrade. So, you know, that means nothing. Who is stronger than Andrade? Very few fighters in the weight class, even at 125. Nobody at 115, but even at 125. Like, so I don't know how Calvillo wins this fight. Like, I, I see her either going for a takedown and getting pieced up or just moving and fighting off her back foot and running, being on her motor the entire 15 minutes, which is not going to be a good look for the judges. And the other thing to consider is if you look at all of Andrade's wins, she put up major points, major DraftKings points in all of her wins. So at 7.2K, I'll have a few shares in case Sean's right of Calvillo, and you could do a lot with your lineup creation with her at 7.2K, just like Roxy at 6.9. Um, but I don't know that she's got any more of a chance to win than Roxy does. Um, and I think Andrade is better than Santos as a fighter. Um, I know it's not apples to apples, but I'm going to pick Andrade. Um, I don't think she's going to be super highly owned. Um, not, not with everybody else on the card. So give me Andrade here. Give me a few shares of Calvillo in case Sean's right. But I think that's the way to play this. All right. Next fight up, we have uh, Curtis Blaze, 9,200, taking on Jarzinho, Rosenstrike at 7,000. Line on this fight, Blaze minus 335, Rosenstrike plus 270. Um. I've never picked Jarzinho Rosenstrike, I think, in a fight until this fight, where he's a plus 270 dog. Wow. Um, I'm taking Biggie Boy here. I First off, play Blades. Blades is the better cash game play if you want to go there, but I don't think you actually – never mind. Scratch that. Don't play Blades in cash. There's no reason to get to Stemmelsberger Shevchenko. You shouldn't be up dicking around in this price range and getting to Curtis Blades in cash games. Um, but I am really – really concerned about the turnaround time on Curtis Blades. It's like six to seven months. That knockout to to Derek Lewis was brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. You could hear the groans and the sight like it was it was bad. Um I am personally a big proponent of a year off when you get knocked out like that. Like it's it's you need to take some time off to let your brain recover. I am legitimately concerned he's going to eat a jab and go to sleep. It's it's possible. Then you got you got Derek Lewis just showed everybody how to beat Curtis Blades. Everyone's just going to be throwing uppercuts. Now I know it's easier said than done. You have to find it. But if anyone else is going to do it, Jarzino Rosenstrike's a really good technical kickboxer. Like that's you know. 
in the past, I've knocked his volume, and there's reasons why I haven't picked him. But in this specific matchup, you, he doesn't want to be thrown volume. Be patient. Wait for Blades to make a mistake, either count and counter him coming in, or counter his striking, which is still not very clean. Um, those two things together make me lean ever so ever so so slightly toward towards Biggie Boy. And I don't think he's going to be high owned. Everyone's on on Blades. If Jarzinho wins, it's going to be a knockout. So. I also think he's a great play on FanDuel because he's going to have to defend takedowns if he's if this fight lasts any kind of time. So I don't have a ton of interest in Curtis Blades. I, I, I just, there's better favorites to play. There's not a ton of live dogs in this card. There there really isn't if you go hunting down here. You know, the quick list of, of underdogs got uh, Brunage, Pierce, Ortega, Hakparas, Abderakimov, Marais, Calvillo, Rosenstroik, Lauren Murphy, Martin Sano, Roxanne Modafari. Like that's that's not a great list, guys. There's you know I think I'm picking two of them to win, and one of them is Rosenstroik here, who everyone's giving me side eyes looks. Like you're gonna need. It's another reason, by the way, why Roxy is live, because if not if all the favorites win and her 6930 points, it could be enough for the optimal if Semmelsberger and Shevchenko go off. So give me biggie boy to shock the world and make mma twitter cry i want to watch the world burn guys am i how insane am i i think we're on joe yeah um probably pretty insane um yep horrible fight iq by uh by our boy uh in the last fight against derek lewis um got launched by an uppercut going for an ill advised takedown um i really want to see uh, look, Biggie Boy is a fish out of water on his back. I, I think if uh, we could get some smart takedowns by Razor Blades here, he could ride this fight out. Um, don't don't put himself in any. Oh man, Nan is just jumping in with the stats today. Um, I love it. I love yeah, it. I mean, I love the ten to one first round Marlon Marias. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I've got to I've got to go with I've got to give Blades another shot here. I mean, he really killed a lot of people's nights with that last performance against Derek Lewis. Um, but he puts up monster numbers when he wins another fighter that puts up monster numbers. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't think I'm going to be over market. I don't know what his ownership is yet. I haven't looked at ownerships, but I'll probably be right at to slightly below market on, on blades. And I'll take a couple of stabs at Rosenstruck just because he does have that, that rocket power, that one touch power um, that few fighters have in case you know, Blades decides to, you know, lower his fight IQ again. So give me, you know, give me Blades, take a few shots in GPPs of Rosenstruck. But I really, again, I'm not sure what's next for Blades if he loses this fight. I mean, well, what do you do, put him up against Aspinall? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, um, give, give me probably. Blades here. That's probably yeah. the fight, actually. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, the way Aspinall's going, he might, you might see that fight sooner rather. I mean, I think... Aspinall is going to need one more fight, and you can give him Curtis Blades. There you go. Terms, I mean, heavyweight shallow. I think he needs one more. So anyway, uh, Chris, who you got? Well, I was on my phone because I was I was trying to figure out how to do a wellness check on uh, Sean there. I was doing a little flop <laughs> comedy, but uh, I I I don't I don't get it. First of all, when you say that the book is out on. On play, I mean, there, there's very, there's so many ways to prevent that from ever happening again. Shoot a single instead of a double. Make sure your uh, takedowns come up against the cage. The Curtis Blades is not a smart fighter. 
Like, I, he gets, like, you tell me, you think, oh, he's going to clean that up. He'll never do that again. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying it's not like a thing where it's like, oh, he's totally weak here. We got to, oh, I'm right. just, I, you're right. If he cleans everything up, sure. But I don't think he's going to be defensively responsible for long. And I well, could be well, the, like, absolutely. If, if he gets a takedown in the first 30 seconds, I'm turning off Twitter. I don't want to talk to any of you guys for a little bit. I get him going out on a ledge. I just, I, the values looks like it's there to me. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I would, the next, the other thing I would, I would say is, uh, Joe pointed out how bad he's looked on his back. He's been taken down by, by non-wrestlers like Overeem and uh, everybody's favorite, Junior Albini. I I just I just don't see this happening. Yeah, he could detonate, but if you play him here and he doesn't detonate, he'll score you a grand total of like six points and a loss. So but, but hang on, time. I hate that argument for a reason. I, I for GPP, this is clearly a GPP play. I don't care if somebody scores six points. I'm chasing six wins. I don't I don't okay. want to min cash. Take your min cash, and I'd rather lose. I want to chase first. And if Rosenstrike wins, it's a hundred plus, and he's at like ten percent ownership. Okay, well, but I could put it. I, I could put it like this then. What if what if it doesn't come until the third round? Like it did. It came late against uh, Alistair Overeem. You know, That's how many beauty. points are you gonna get if he at seven k? It's it's probably in the running. It's not a lock, but it's yeah, in well, the running. All right, all right, all right. Um, I got him. Yeah, I got him. Someone take a screenshot. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I just don't see it. I, I like Curtis Blades a lot here. I think, look, I, to Derek Lewis's credit, he's done an awful lot with the most limited skill set you could possibly imagine. So I don't think there are very many that are like Derek Lewis. How dare I don't you, think, sir? How dare you? I, I'm giving him a compliment. I'm saying that he's done a lot with, with a little bit. He's an overachiever. Um, look, the guy's had two title shots. He does one thing in the cage. It's, it's unbelievable. How but, dare you? But uh, yeah, I, I I actually love I actually love Curtis Blades here. I think um, this could be this could be very much like one of his. Well, I mean he he might not get a lot of takedowns because um, Rosenstrike can't get up. But if he doesn't, we've seen his we, we, we've That's seen his ground and pound. We've seen his ground and pound be absolutely ferocious. Adam Milstead uh, got up a bunch. If Adam Milstead can get up a bunch, I mean, what, what's it's true. But that, well, that, that's a long time ago now. It's a long time ago yeah. now. But um, God, I'm old. But we've seen. <laughs> fight you know, I, not long ago, guys. You, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been seeing people on Twitter be like, on this day three years ago, and it's a fight you thought took place like last week, and it's like, where did all this time go? If you measure time by fights, things race by. Like you, you'll never believe where the time True goes. That. But, uh, but uh, I, I think I, we can I, move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, 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 let me just, I'll just finish up. We've seen the ground and pound be ferocious. Those elbows um, are no joke. He can't defend himself on, on the ground. We get it. You're on the favorite. You're on. Chris yeah. is on the yeah. favorite. We're all, we're all bored. Yeah. Look, no, I, no to Chris's point, we do we do like that he doesn't play with his food. He's no John Jones. He doesn't play with his food. Um, he doesn't beat up cars. Um, he doesn't you know, do. Well, he doesn't beat up other things either. Yeah, Hopefully, car. I don't, yeah, I don't know how you can injure a car. I thought that was interesting. Um, okay, Sean, you can you, you can you can you can now segue to me for this compelling fight that's up next. No, no, this is we, we still got a Chris fight. We got Robbie Lawler, yeah. the eighty-three hundred. Oh, I, you know, I totally forgot about this fight. Yeah. Nick Diaz is seventy-nine hundred. That's how much I care about it. I totally forgot. 
two old men fighting in the mid-range. Unfortunately, it's the mid-range, so I'm going to mix in a fair amount of these guys just because it's that mid-range fight. Um, I lean towards Robbie Lawler because he's been fighting, but that's really it. I mean, this is this is bananas. You guys know this is a five-round fight, right? I do now. I didn't yeah. uh, when the week started, yeah. but I do It is now. a five-round yes. fight. So... <sighs> At least in play. theory. Yeah, I mean... I'm on Robbie Lawler. Play both. Honestly, don't play in cash. There's too much, too much in, up in the air here. It's the only reason it, to play this fight is because it's a yeah. five round fight. Mix, mix it in on both sides. But I, I'm on Robbie Lawler. Chris, I was, I, I'm, I'm very much with the physical uh, uh, stuff today. I was doing my Diaz peekaboo guard. I don't know if you guys saw that. I but, did. It was um, great. Thank you so, so much. Good. Let me it, 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 it moved me actually. I um. Your bowels? What? This is <laughs> this is the weirdest fight in the world to call. You have one guy, you know what he's been doing, but it's not great. And then we have a uh, which is an understatement. And then we have another guy who hasn't been here for six years. And look, I, I'm not going to put any any stock into ten seconds of shadow boxing for the the promo or whatever or. Um, Josh Thompson saying he, he got knocked out in some sparring that he didn't know was for this fight necessarily. I just think I, for some reason, and this doesn't make a ton of sense, I think I know what Diaz is going to do more than I know what Robbie Lawler is Because I can't imagine that Nick Diaz is going to come in and not be Nick Diaz. I think he's going to pressure, he's going to rip the body, and he's going to throw in combination. I, I, I don't I think Robbie Lawler, we've seen him be shot. We've seen him be hesitant to throw, and I don't think that's gonna be Nick Diaz in there. I just I just don't think he's gonna come back here to do that. I think um I think he's gonna do what he does, and I think Robbie Lawler's gonna stumble off the blocks as he has uh in the four fight losing streak now. You know, this is a rough one, but um you know, and maybe maybe uh, some of it is nostalgia, but I, I don't know. I, I just get this feeling that we're going to see uh, Nick come back and, and surprise a lot of people. Chris, so I'm Chris, going, Chris, I'm, Chris, I'm, Chris. I, 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 I'm going for it. I'm going Nick Diaz, and I think the five-round fight really helps. I think, um, look, we'll see. Look, it should be noted here. I, I'm sure you were going to say it anyway, Joe, but I, I should note that Diaz asked for the fight at middleweight, so – uh, if he doesn't, if he can't cut anymore, maybe that's a concern. We don't know what his conditioning is like, but yeah, I got to go for it. Give me, uh, give me Stockton Zone, Nick Diaz. Yeah, so I don't know who's going to win. So that's not why I was shaking my head. But I do have a question for you, Chris, as a well-educated human being. Um, Shoot, does what effect would you think that alcohol would have on a person's reflexes long term? You know, um, if you are coming off of a six-year party where all you did was drink and party and do who knows what else and did not train, um, I don't know if you happen to see the interview with Jake Shields. Um, Jake Shields was interviewed that that Nick Diaz did not even drink while he was fighting, like never had alcohol. Um, He's coming off of a six-year party, a six-year binge. Everything I've heard narrative-wise says that he looks like absolute crap. Like his reflexes are shot. Like the, you, what you, the fight that you are talking about is a fight that Nick Diaz circa 2004 might have, not this Nick Diaz. 
Well, we'll um, go that far back. Well, okay, so we'll go back. We'll go back a little further, a little less far. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not telling you I love Robbie Lawler here. Like I don't know if this is like, you know, the James Tahuna like effect here. But Robbie Lawler, yes, he's not been winning, but at least he's been fighting. Um, I, you know, like I don't know here. Like I think common sense tells me that. Lawler should have all the advantages here, you know, because of the fact that he's been fighting. He at least trains, um, you know, he's not coming off of a six-year party like Diaz is. I'm not saying don't have some shares of Diaz. You probably should. Um, you know, maybe he juices up for this fight. Who knows? Does Diaz really care if he pops? Probably not. Um, you know, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just saying like, you know, maybe he he helps. He get, gets a little bit of supplemental help. Um, for this fight, but I'm going to pick Lawler. It's not a confident pick. And if this fight was not five rounds, I would care so little about it. But because it's five rounds and it's got the potential to score, I'm going to pick Lawler. I will have some shares of Diaz. I don't like the fight at all. I don't think it's really, you know, adds anything other than like some level of cachet because people love the Diaz's. But I'll take Robbie Lawler. Have a few shares well, of Diaz in DraftKings. I have to push back on some of this. First of all, how dare you uh, insinuate that a Diaz would uh, use steroids? I can't <laughs> let that go. Second, <laughs> secondly, um, okay. I, I, I would, I would, I would. I've heard that too. That the party thing. I push back on that a little bit, just because. Look, if you if you hear him talk in the interviews, he teaches uh, uh, jujitsu and he teaches other people MMA, and he seems like he really enjoys doing that. He tell. He oh. speaks glowingly. I'm saying that he wouldn't be partying and being drunk and whatever if you know. He also said that he didn't. He didn't even want to do the whole gangster thing because he wanted to be uh, show a good example for the kids he teaches. So I think he takes that seriously, and I think that could take the edge off the party narrative, so to speak. That's all. Okay, moving on to the next fight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying that one. Um, Next fight up, we got Valentina. No, yes, yeah, yeah. Valentina Shevchenko, ninety-five hundred, taking on Sacrificial Lamb Murphy at sixty-seven hundred. Um, Valentina Shevchenko can be had for a very reasonable minus eighteen hundred on FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, oh, over actually, there's another book. I don't know what book this is on best fight odds. What's ref? Whatever ref is, it's minus nineteen fifty. Hmm. Yeah, you you can get a steal on five times at minus eleven fifty. Wow. Um, yeah. Earlier in the week, she was minus two thousand on Fanduel. I think is that kind of way eighteen hundred now minus eighteen hundred. Okay. Um, Shevchenko to win inside the distance is minus two fifty. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Joe, break this does, down. Does anybody want to see a dead body? Um, you yeah. know, this has got to Ooh, be hey. Murphy's. This is one of the most fortuitous routes to a title fight. And it just shows you how desperate they are to give fodder to to Valentina. Murphy probably lost two of the her last five fights. Not probably, you know? she did. Okay, so yeah. she yeah, I was being kind. She lost to Andrea KGB Lee. She lost to JoJo. Yeah, she lost two of her last five fights. So she's okay, got the judges in her pocket. Um, the good news is, if you're a DFS player, and I, I mentioned this on Alpha, is that Murphy is tough. I don't believe she's ever been finished. Um, not to say that I, I am 
betting that Val finishes this fight, but maybe she does it late. So I could see her taking a Priscilla catch a beating for like three to four rounds, and then Val finishes her, which could be really good scoring-wise um, for DraftKings. Um, you know, the worst thing that could happen here is that, um, you know, Val gets a finish at three minutes and 59 seconds. So you don't of the first round. So you don't get the you don't get the bonus, right? <laughs> um, and she is not going to be optimal. Um, so I really do think that Val could like really win this however and almost whenever she wants. But if she decides to actually not go for a quick finish, she could just put some some volume up on on Murphy and that's why I think Val is, is pretty much a lock in cash um, and should also be pretty heavily owned in, in GPPs. So there's really not much to say. I really don't give Murphy much of a chance here. I mean, I guess Val could, you know, trip on her way into the octagon, um, you know, and hurt herself or, you know, something freaky can happen. We've seen it before, but like, I don't think it's going to come from a punch or a kick or I don't think it's going to come from Murphy. I think, you know, Val would have to essentially beat herself um, in order for this, you know, to not go her way. So give me Val here. Um, it's not the best kept secret in the world, but lock her up in cash. Um, try to figure out how you can play her as much as you can in GPPs. It's not going to be easy unless you go to a punt like a Roxy or a Calvillo. Um, but I love Val here. And I just like hope that at some point, while Val is still in her prime, that there is like a fight to make. I would love to see her go back up to 135 and fight Nunez. I thought she won at least one of those two fights that she fought with Nunez. Um, I want to. I want to see. Uh, I yeah, want to see it. I want to see a trilogy. I have no interest in the trilogy, but I do. Um, Chris. Well, I think you have to do a trilogy just because there's no one. There's no one for anybody else. Woman yeah. to fight right now, so why not do it? And I agree with Sean. I. I this narrative that like Valentini clearly won uh, that fight is is very is very weird to me. I I, I don't think uh, that's accurate. What I would say about this fight though is we've seen Valentina really. I mean, she knows she has a strength advantage. She uh, she uses her wrestling a lot now. Now that could lead to a truckload of points if she goes the route of uh, you know really blasting the opponent on the ground, or it could lead to some. Uh, some moderate scores, you know, before the, before the two big ones, uh, recently we, we have 86, we have 74 and then we have 107. So, you know, I don't, I don't think, um, like these huge scores are, should be taken for granted. Uh, like Joe said, Laura Murphy's very tough. So maybe she could take a beating on the ground. I, I, I believe, uh, was it Sajara Eubanks who, Pretty, pretty well roughed her up there. So if she could do it, you would imagine Val can. Um, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, I wish I had more more for this fight. I, I, I consider it uh, a, a source of pride to break down the fights people think uh, don't need to be broken down, but I don't really see it here. I think um, she's, a, she's a decent boxer, but she won't be able to compete with Val's Muay Thai, and then that's pretty much it. She can't really compete anywhere. So um, – Let's just hope she survives. And, um, you know, at 9,500, though, I, I don't think she's – I don't think that's necessarily GPP. It's cash all the way every day. But, um, you know, in GPPs, may, maybe leave it out and, and go elsewhere and uh, could be a good pass for you. But the pick is – 
All right, next fight up. It is the main event. Yes, Joe is hungry. About, we can talk about. Well, I might hold this up a little bit. Volkanovski's 8,600, Ortega's 7,600. Volkanovski's minus 170, Ortega's plus 150. And I get to go in my soapbox for a second because I'm the host of the show. Listen very closely, everybody. I'm going to spell this out very, very slowly. And I have a good friend who disagrees with this. If it has anything to do with Ortega winning, you're so far off base, it's just not even funny. Nope. Uh, well, I'm going to pick Ortega. But okay. regardless, Pete, you can call me crazy. That's fine. As long as your argument has nothing to do with MMA math. MMA math does not work. Every time I hear, well, Holloway pieced up Ortega really bad, and Volkanovski beat Ortega twice. Uh, Volkanovski beat Holloway twice, so therefore he's gonna smoke it. Are you out of? Do you watch fights? That shit drives me insane. Styles <laughs> make fights. You can pick Volkanovski. You can say he's too clean on the feet. His movement will be good. His leg kicks will be good. He'll keep Ortega at bay. I get all that. I get I'm on the opposite side taking Ortega. Totally get it. And I'm not, you know, calling anybody picking Volkanovsky stupid. Unless you're going the MMA math route. Then, yes, I think you're an idiot. Um, why I'm taking Ortega, aside from I need dogs in this card, I don't think the upside of, of Volkanovsky is, is huge. I don't think he's going to put out some kind of crazy volume here. He's going to be defending takedowns. I think... Ortega can find one takedown in this fight. And I think that's all he needs. I'm taking Ortega by a second round submission. Um, I wanted to pull up real quick. I meant to have this up earlier because I knew someone was going to shake their head violently. I didn't expect Joe so hard, but I do kind of enjoy it. Uh, Volkanovski in his career, 70% takedown defense. That is solid. So he's fought Holloway twice. No takedowns there. Aldo once, not takedowns there. Chad Mendes took him down three times. Darren Elkham's got him down once. And then Jeremy Kennedy, you know, then then we get to a level situation with Jeremy Kennedy, Shane Young. Although Shane Young did get him down once. And I know Volkanovski's always improving and getting better. And Ortega is not the cleanest wrestler. I get it. But if he can make these fights dirty, which he can because he's bigger and in the clinch, I've seen him the ability to snatch up submissions from everywhere. I just, a submission grappler, this is a really, to me, an interesting matchup for Volkanovski. I'm willing to take a shot on the dog. Am I crazy? Sure. I love that, Nan. Plus 1,800. There's value in that. Because it gets too late, then it's hard to get a sub. They're slippery. I get it. I just think there's value here. And I'm more just irritated. And now rooting for Ortega, who I don't really like, by the way. I'm not an Ortega guy. I don't like his personality. But I want to watch MMA math Twitter burn. I so badly want to see it. MMA math does not work. Pick Volkanovski. It's fine. Joe's going to take us home, so I, I know he's all on Volkanovski. I get it. I'm just saying. I You'll think love my reason life. when I go. You'll love my reason when. If you I'm, say MMA math, I'm, I'm going to. It's I'm, it's Chris, not. It's it's something even better. Uh, I can't wait oh. for it. Chris, Chris, yeah. with that teaser, you well, have to go first. Well, the first thing I have to immediately push back on is I, I don't think that uh, takedown is just an automatic sub here. Don't forget, uh, Ortega took down uh, Zombie three times. There was no sub there. He took down uh, Holloway twice. There's no sub there. I just think I that, don't think Holloway was on his back for more than what? Like he wasn't. Hang on. Well, I'll, no, give, you, I'll, give, you the, I'll give you the Korean Zombie one. But how long was how long was he on top of of Max Holloway? I'm gonna look it up. 16, uh, no, he had two minutes of control time. That's two right. he had the two one, minutes, 25 seconds. The one spurt in the second round. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. 
That's fair. Uh, well, I, but even if it wasn't the case, I would say that that doesn't matter because nobody holds Bokanovsky down either. You know, he hasn't been held down. Chad Mendez uh, didn't do it He's for changed, long. Yeah. I, you know, um, but uh, failing that, I mean, you have to be impressed with what Ortega did, how he sort of went away and retooled himself. But, like, there's a difference between a Korean zombie striking, as much as I love him, and Volkanovski um, uh, striking. Um, uh, Korean zombie is, like, a good, like, rote boxer. He'll throw his one-twos. He's heavy-handed. But Volkanovski has made fainting an art form. He freezes his opponents. He's just so tricky. Um, I think he's one of the best pure strikers in MMA. He has to be. And... Um, I just don't think Ortega, who's been a good striker for like a year, a year and a half, is going to be is going to be able to compete with that. And so when you say, "Oh, that's where I come down with," oh, he's going to take him down. Well, even if he gets him down, I don't think it's an automatic sub. In fact, I would be. I I think if the, a sub does happen here, it's more likely to come from a front headlock than it is a takedown and like a back take or something like that. Um. So yeah. So my my the path is there for sure. My pick is Volkanovski. Um, I not put it up there. I think betting um, Ortega for sub is the way to go if you want to do it by round or whatever. Because otherwise, um, I'm not saying anything new here. But otherwise, Volkanovski is just going to take this home, and, and I can't trust his wrestling um, to be that ironclad, especially with the defense of Volkanovski. So my pick is Volkanovski, and I think we see sort of a sort of a replay of the Max Holloway fight as this fight goes long. Joe, what is your... So, I, first I I'll, first, well, first I'll give you the technical reasons why I think Volkanovski is is going to dominate this fight. And and Chris gave a lot of them, obviously, the takedown defense. Um, he is mentally and physically a lot tougher than, than Ortega is. Um, you know, he's got good output. Um, I, I don't... Uh, Ortega is not a good offensive wrestler. He's great at jujitsu, but he's not a good wrestler, which is why I don't think he's going to be overly successful in in getting takedowns. I, I I hear your point that he only needs one, although I don't think one is going to necessarily lead to a uh, you know a uh, submission here. Um, you know, I think at eight point six k, this is a great value on the slate. Um, I'm going to have a lot of him. I'll yeah, sure, I'll have a lineup or two with Ortega. Um, he's actually not my favorite play under 8K. Um, but I will tell you the main reason why I am fading Ortega. And this is go. narrative that is tried and true over the course of time in MMA. And no, it's not MMA math. I do not like to bet or support MMA fighters who have hot girlfriends. Um, I knew, and, I knew it was gonna and be the reason, and the reason why this is, let me, let, let's just like play this back a bit. So, Ortega, it's 5 a.m. He needs to get up and train. He looks over, and who's in bed with him? Tracy Cortez. Do you freaking get up and go out and train? No effing way. I want to know what Tracy Cortez's takedown defense is with Brian Ortega. Anyway, I don't think that uh, Brian Ortega is going to have the mental and physical toughness to stand up to. He might have his moments in the fight. Oh, and let's go back to this quote-unquote revolutionary new Brian Ortega in striking against Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie looked like crap in that fight. 
Like he did not look good. He did not look himself. I don't know if he had an injury going into that fight. That was not the Korean zombie that we all know and love that showed up against Brian Ortega. I think he made Ortega look a lot better than Ortega actually should have in that fight. So all the pundits saying, wow, look at his striking. It's revolutionary. The narrative on Brian Ortega is that he's always been a lazy fighter. He's put kind of more into his partying and his image than his training in his career. Look, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He was able to land Tracy Cortez. Um, but if I looked that good, I probably wouldn't train that much either. Um, I like Volkanovsky here. I think he's great value at 8.6K. I don't think this is going to be a particularly difficult fight for him as someone who's fought Max Holloway twice. Um, and and there, there is maybe your slight lead into MMA math. Um, you know, he's fought him. He's fought Max Holloway twice and survived. I certainly think he could survive Brian Ortega. Um, I love that it's five rounds. Um, I like um, I like him to get a later finish um, in this fight. Give me Volkanovski all day, every day. Um, have a few shares of Ortega in GPPs. And now I think we need to go to our hot takes. Hot takes. Uh, takes the last time I'll mention it, guys, because I know Joe's hungry. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for 10-day free trial to all the premium content. No credit card required. Give us your hot takes. And I promised everyone a bet. I don't know how hot this take is going to be, but it, if it's not a hot take, I love, love, love this bet. I've actually shared this with a couple people, and they immediately tailed me. Now, I don't want people to tell me unless you really like it, because I really do think this has got a great chance to cash. So this is a three-leg parlay. Uh, and my first leg here is um, Medic Turner, under two and a half rounds, minus 140. I think this is a mistake, personally. I don't understand this number. I don't know why it's minus 140. These guys don't make it out of the second round, never mind into the third. Right, I don't see that happening here. I love this play at minus 140. I may go back, and if this is still around, bet it straight. That's the first leg. Second leg of this bet is Sems Berger to win by any knockout submission or DQ. Like I said, he's got to fight mean here. Um, he needs to kind of put on a show. Um, you know, he is being given to nobody. This is a cream puff. That's minus 190. The third leg. It's funny because I like this third leg the least, although it's the, it's the, the longest odds. Um, Valentina Shevchenko to win by any knockout, submission, or DQ, minus 250. So if you put the three of those numbers together, you get plus 266. If you wanted to win $1,000 like I do, I bet $376 to win to get a profit of $1,000. At plus 266. I'll give it to everybody again. Under two and a half rounds in the Medic Turner fight. Matthew Semsberger to win by any knockout submission or DQ. Valentina Shevchenko to win by any knockout submission or DQ. That's plus 266. Love it, love it, love it. I have not been as confident in a bet as this in quite some time. Yeah, I like that a bunch. I, I have to say I, I like the bet. We should talk later. Yep. Um, do I have one queued up for you, Chris? Do you got one? You got one? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a finish a finishers parlay, and maybe not the people you think. It's gonna be 
Dawkins. It's going to be Dan Hooker. It's going to be Curtis Blades. And it's going to be uh, Marab Devalishvili. Wow. Four, four, Marab, too. That's right. Four wow. finishers. I don't know what that would pay. It's probably a lot. If you if you throw some money on it and get there, I only ask for ten percent. I'm not greedy, dude. You're well, in New Jersey. You can do this part. Yeah, I can't. That, I can't. Even bet. How dare you? That's that's how true. dare you? That's true. I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am going to say that hot take. Mm, I want to be different. I, I want to say something around the stars and scrubs construction, but I'm not. I'm not quite gonna go there. Let's say. Let me look in chat real quick while, while I'm thinking. Anybody got? Come on, chat. Hook me up today. Come on, hot, hot takes. takes. Nan, hot Nan always takes. got. Nan always is, has a good hot yeah, take. What, well, what's well, going on, guys? Nan, Nan's been here. posting them throughout the. Uh, That's throughout true. The day. That's yeah, why don't you string some of his props together, and that would give yeah, you a really then, good return. We, yeah, really. Uh, I am going to go with. I don't think it's a hot take. No. Wait, no, are, I, are I, these? Gonna, hang on. Hang on, are, are these real? Not are these real things? Is Doctor Point for grabbing the fence? No, the fence? no, <laughs> no. You have to that understand that not not as an IQ that exceeds ours combined. Um, you well, know, I, so he, I just didn't know. I mean, there's a how dare you, Joe? I is smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, hot take. So Joe can go eat. I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna copy on on Chris here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw together three guys I think finish, and it kind of. I'm gonna straddle Joe. I think give me uh, Euros. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do it live real quick. Where's gonna go to best fight odds? I'm gonna try and Joe. What's yours? Two sixty six is your number. Two plus two sixty six. Yeah. Let, let's see what I can get better. I'll use the FanDuel sportsbook here just because that's what I have queued up first. Uh, let's right, see. While, Euros. While yep. while Sean is going, I will. Yeah, Chris. Say Will out. has together. Ortega by sub in the third round. I don't think there's a special line for Anaconda, but if there was. That would probably pay, pay a lot. But Ortega sub in the third round. And Nan says that's a real thing. Point deduction uh, plus 3,500. That's right. good for you. That's, that's yeah, a good Yeah, bet. but not for yeah. fence grab. Not, there's no fence grab prop, is there? No. Yeah, well, no, but you can, you can get a point yeah. deduction for a fence grab. So, yeah. True. That's, that's, that's a good After one. a warning. Right. I mean, I got it. I'm, that's I'm, too I'm, much I'm fun. Gonna, I'm gonna have to go for that. God, I, I'm kind of combining yours. We're all on the same page this week, except for the, the main event. Obviously, it's kind of, kind of upsetting. Actually, I don't really like it. All right, Medich wins inside the distance. Dawkins wins inside the distance. Dan Hooker wins inside the distance. That's plus seventeen hundred, boys and girls. Plus nice. seventeen. That's a good one. Seventeen plus to one. Seventeen seventy. So. Go make some money. Pay for your NFL DFS. Not not degenerate. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure none of us would ever do that. <laughs> like Will no. Ortega Anaconda in the third. That's my man. Will make these guys yeah. cry. All right, guys. That's what we got for the podcast. Joe needs to eat. I need to probably sleep. I think at some point. Um, Peace. Good, good luck in your contest. We'll see you for the next pay per view. Peace. All right. Thanks for uh, watching, everybody. See you next time.